Hello, my name is Fernando, your awesome host. This is Be Unique, the podcast from Brea Creations, where alternative lifestyles are given a voice. Today, we have a very fly guest today, an alternative soulful singer from PA, who is now in LA, the one and only, the beautiful Eva Eris. I don't want to say too much. I don't want to say too much because this is your story. So, Eva, like, how did you begin? How did all this music stuff start? Well, uh, I've always been a very creative and eccentric child. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In one way or another, I've always been into something creative. But I I started, uh, I think I got my first keyboard when I was 11 or 12 for Christmas or something. And Mm -hmm. I just became completely obsessed with it. Um, I learned to play piano by ear. And one of my inspirations at the time was Alicia Keys. She became super popular around that time. And I remember, yeah, I remember buying her CDs and I would just put them on repeat and learn to I would just listen to what she was playing and try to figure it out on piano and uh, I was just super inspired by her Uh, she was just one of one of the only females in the pop scene at the time that was you know playing her instrument and writing and doing all these cool things and I really admired her and it's funny because I really didn't have any particularly musical people in my family I just have always kind of been the black sheep my dad is an artist uh so i do get some of my artistic nature from him but you know my mom's not into music or anything um i think it's just always been a natural outlet for me right um and you know as i got into my teen years i started to deal with a lot of depression and anxiety um from childhood trauma and um sexual abuse and music oh. and art has just been my outlet um through all of that um and and that's just been a consistent theme in my life that you know when 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 you go through things that are too difficult to express verbally music and art allow you the freedom to to deal with those really difficult things and so i've kind of made it my mission to um, just share that that gift of of creativity with other people through the the music that I write through the art that I create through um, all of these creative endeavors right. so that's pretty much it in a nutshell I think <laughs> wow like that's interesting because music that's I find this a shame because like today like they're trying to take music even from the schools like nobody uh, understands yeah. like how powerful music can really be like, yeah. I remember, like, when I was in the hostel, um, I got a uh, Steven Johnson syndrome. And, like, that was, oh. like, my only way. Yeah, like, I, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't be in, uh, I couldn't get out of bed for, like, I couldn't move at all for, like, a month and a half. Like, it's basically some type of virus you get where you, like, basically burn from the inside. And what? so, like, uh, yeah. Oh my, I'm so, so sorry you had to go through that. That's Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it, it was I, like, I can really relate to that though because I, I I'm an asthmatic and I actually just had a really bad flare up last year and oh, wow. um so yeah I was kind of homebound for like a month and a half or so and um I I can relate to that and it is the worst when you're just incapable when you're when you're not capable of 
daily life tasks you know how did how did you get through that then I'm sorry I didn't mean to cut you off no it was like I was basically like bleeding from like the mouth like getting out the mouth I was throwing up blood oh my god I couldn't digest food yeah yeah I couldn't digest food for I had to get the that's like something out of a horror novel yeah like it was like a lot of pain I was like waking up screaming they had to put me to sleep like through like a powerful med because that was that was only I could relax right I couldn't walk, so I had to literally teach myself how to walk again after that. But what got wow. me through that was keeping my mind at peace. And hmm. I remember uh, growing up, I used to play, uh, do like karaoke with my mom when I was little, because she was a singer hmm. too. And oh, I, didn't I remember know that. back, okay. yeah, she was a singer too. And like I remember hmm. back in those memory, those memories, and it made me want to sing again. And um, uh, write music and keep my mind at peace to ignore the pain and that was my only way mm. to get out of that and sing and think of music listen to music yeah. that was my only way to get my mind out of it and obviously mm. I fully recovered um yeah uh, yeah I, I mean I never would have guessed that. that you would have gone through something that horrific this is this is the funny thing though it's only a disease that is in, like the Asian countries so really? somehow yeah so somehow what? I got it here like like the Korean country, wow. I got it. Um, it was basically like an allergic reaction to a, a med. Oh my god, so yeah, who knew? but yeah, like Ugh. everyone goes through something in music, right? Even people that like um have like a stutter or like mm-hmm. a speech problem, music, like even singing, like helps them. Oh my gosh, talk. yeah. I was actually just so watching a, a documentary the other day about how uh, music can help with Alzheimer's and, and, and they're doing some really profound studies right now that uh, we're finding real tangible proof that, uh, you know, that we can we can look at on paper and say, yes, like the, these um, art and music produces certain chemicals in the brain that like it really does do some amazing, amazing things to the body. It's incredible. It does. Yeah. It's just a shame, like, they're trying to take that away from us, but we're still going with it, though, yeah. you know? It's a well, new world. I, I think it's, you know, for a very long time, the arts just have not been um, supported as much as, you know, the science and mathematical fields. Uh, we, I, I think we've just made so many strides uh, in technology with, you know, in, in regards to those fields. And, you know, this is the truly the first time in history that we're 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 diving more into the science behind audio and behind um art and and, you know just how all of these things truly do affect the body and i I think it's an amazing time to to be a creative person for that reason and for a plethora of other reasons as well but uh you know it's uh, like music therapy and art therapy are now becoming um are are getting to be taken more seriously as a yeah, you know, as a, an actual study, which is amazing, because again, you know, both of us have experienced just how crucial art and music have been to our healing process. So, uh, you know, it, it it's definitely difficult, but I also see a lot of progress. And that is, I mean, what more can you ask for, you know? Yeah, we were going on a roll from here. So <laughs> I like, know, I know. <laughs> speaking of like talking about past times, what's the best memory you can think of doing growing up that can make you laugh? Honestly, anything from the <laughs> early days at the Keynote Cafe in Jeanette, Pennsylvania. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. 
because the Keynote Cafe, which for those of you listening who don't know, the Keynote Cafe is this wonderful art and music venue in this very small town in Pennsylvania. Um, but it was established around the time uh, that I had, you know, started playing piano and singing and performing out. And so, you know, I was a very young teenager. I was uh, maybe 14 or 15 years old, maybe, maybe even a little younger than that whenever I started going there. But uh, it was, you know, one of the first places that I could go and play the music that I was writing and be around people that were really receptive. Yeah. And, um, you know, just really understood the heart of music. And it, 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 this place was never about uh, trying to... You know, there were no divas at the keynote. And in fact, uh, specifically, I remember a lot of Thursday night open mics that my mom would take me and I felt like I was so cool because she would she would let me stay out late on a school night on a like on a Thursday night. We would, oh my gosh. And we would be like jamming yeah. till like one in the morning with some of these these old guys that have been playing blues music and rock and roll and, yeah. and all of this uh, really cool eclectic music and I learned so much from them but it was it was, it was so it was such a pure learning environment yeah and, um, when I look back on it you know I think how special that was and, and it, um, not only does that kind of you know make me laugh inside when I think about how how cool I, I felt staying out till one in the morning on a Thursday night, but yeah, um, you know it's just it's nice to have those kinds of moments. Yeah, like um, I was just there uh, last week, I believe Aubrey <gasps> yes. Burchell was hosting it, yes. and uh, it's awesome. But uh, yeah, she was the host, and I came, I was a little late, but then when I came in, I heard someone singing. I was like, well, oh. And they're like, Ugh. they're like, sir, like so young, like they I have know. so much talent. And I was like, wow, it was so, and everything, everyone was so chill. And yeah. I was like, hey, where's the pizza too? Because I was like, you know, long drive, so. <laughs> oh my <laughs> yeah, gosh, yeah. Like, then there's always yeah. pizza there. There's always pizza there, you know. <laughs> and then I met this one guy, like I saw this guy and he was like so shy and he was like sitting in the back and I was like, is he a singer too? And when he got up, he got his guitar. And he was like, um, he was like, he was kind of quiet. He's like, I'm gonna play a, a, a little song mm. for y'all, an original that I never mm. played for anyone. And and he went on. I was and when he sang, it got dead quiet because mm. we didn't expect mm. that because yes. he was so good. And oh, I was I've like, had so many moments like that there. Yeah, I, oh I know my how you God. feel. That, uh, that place is something so special because it fosters an environment for moments like that to happen. Exactly. You know, and um, the owner, Jill Sorrels, is flipping amazing. And she's one of my favorite people in the entire world. <laughs> yeah, she's really um, nice. Yeah. But, you know, she's she's really created that that place that people can come and share something that they've never shared with somebody before. And that's so profound, you know, to, to, to share that and. and it's just a real connection with other people that you don't get in a lot of places, especially, you know, in today's world, we're so disconnected. Uh, there's all these technological advancements, but there's also, uh, you know, a lot of shifts in the culture happening, mostly yeah. because of, of these advances in technology. Uh, but, you know, there, there's a lot of things going on politically, too, that, you know, I think people are, uh, we've kind of gotten into this this place that people are very in their own worlds and and i think part of that is to kind of protect ourselves from everything going on you know yeah um and it also feels safe in that that bubble of of um 
you know, it, it feels safe to be able to wake up, get on Facebook, do whatever it is you're doing online. Yeah. Um, and just ignore everybody, go about your day and then go to sleep and do it all over again. You know, it is. Yeah. And, um, but you know, the, the flip side of that is, uh, there's also people who are very aware of this and are trying to promote, um, self-awareness and to promote meditation and, you know, uh, just different kind of mental health self-care type techniques to, um, kind of pull yourself out of that cycle. And I think that's a really good thing. So Yeah, yeah. Speaking of that, like I found like this new app like uh it's like Spotify, but it's for okay. meditation. <gasps> what? Oh yeah, you called, just got uh, me excited. Yeah, what's yeah, it's it called? called uh Simple Habit. Simple Habit. Oh yeah, I'm, you I'm should, gonna write yeah. that down. You would like that app. Like Yeah, oh my gosh. An app for like let's say like you're you you going through a breakup, there's a meditate like a meditation thing for that, or like Ooh. going through drama in your life, help you sleep. Like there's a whole bunch. Really? I mean of course of course there's a plan if you wanna yeah. get more. Yeah. But if you could use just a free plan, mm-hmm. you can get a crap ton of things, no commercials at all. No way. Like you can get a crap ton of things. Like, you know, that's so ridiculous. Because cool, I have I have the calm app. And I, I yeah. freaking love it. I swear by it. I use it every single day, several times a day sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, but, yeah. but you do have to pay for it, which, I mean, honestly, it has been the most helpful thing for my, honestly, like mental and physical well-being. So I will gladly pay $50 a year for my health. <laughs> um, yeah, like I've used said, that app before. It does. It is really yeah, common. That being yeah. said, though, you know, that's really cool that this app has some free stuff to take advantage of, you know. So Simple Habit. Yeah, like a lot. Yeah, it's called Simple Habit. Sweet. I'm, I'm definitely called, yeah. checking that out. I wrote it down. So it's it's going to happen. Yeah. I'm all about like it. That. I'm all about it. Yes. Yeah. Well, and... <laughs> Uh, you know, it's funny because I feel like my music career has um, <laughs> burnt me out a couple times and has made right. me realize how important it is to take care of myself. <laughs> exactly. So and a lot I've of people forget try- that. Yeah, right? Ugh. A lot so of people forget that. Especially- share more of that, encourage people to do that, you know? Yeah, because we do. Forget yeah, especially, yeah, especially in this type of career, like, uh, mm-hmm. like if you're like an entrepreneur, because that's basically what you are, is mm-hmm. an entrepreneur, you know? Mm-hmm. And when you're an entrepreneur, it, it gets kind of, lonely and stressful you know because it's yeah. all you you know even yeah. forgetting to eat like eating healthy you oh know oh my gosh yeah you know what i'm saying oh that's i know i know exactly what you're saying and in fact that's actually been something i've been trying to work on uh since moving to la because it's it's like uh it's so easy for me to just like get in the zone get in the studio and spend all day in the studio and then like forget to eat and then like all of a sudden i like get super tired and my head starts hurting i'm like why do i feel like garbage and I'm like, oh, well, maybe it's because you didn't eat all day today, <laughs> you know, and meditation, <laughs> I find, helps you train that awareness so that right. you, you know, um, so that I, I should say for myself, I've gotten a lot better at, you know, noticing when I'm hungry instead of getting so sucked into an activity that I ignore when my body's saying, hey, you should eat. Uh, that being said, I do have a feeling that a lot of the gluten thing is over sensationalized. Not that there aren't people that I'm sure have sensitivity to gluten and whatnot, but I think in general, uh, we have this habit in our culture of promoting the next big health fad or the next big diet or the next big, uh, this is how you can drop the, the last 10 pounds you're trying to lose or, you know, like all of these very gimmicky things. And at the end of the day, everybody's body is so, so different Different. and i wish that we would just yeah i wish that we would just embrace you know 
listening to our bodies because yeah. I spent way too much of my life trying to, um, especially growing up, like it, it was very popular whenever I was a teenager um, to have that very, very skinny, tall, the, the, the ideal feminine body was very skinny, very tall. And I'm just, I'm just not that I'm, I'm very average height and I have always been particularly curvy and it doesn't matter how much I like starve myself. I will never be a close pin straight type body type. It just doesn't happen, you know? And I just spent way too many years of my life trying every way to look like that before I realized, you know what? I build muscle really easily. Yes, mm -hmm. I build muscle really easily. So I'm going to like I constantly am craving chicken. <laughs> I, I love chicken, <laughs> but like I'll, I'll I when I am doing really well and you know putting what my body needs into my body, I, I make straight um, just chicken breast with you know just plain. Uh, I put some like seasoning on it and whatnot, but I'll eat it with some mm. veggies and yeah, you know. And like when I started putting that stuff, like when I really started listening to what my body was craving and putting the nutrients in it that it needed, I felt so much better about everything. Like I just, it, yeah. it's just amazing. Like how much better you can function. Um, it, it just, but everybody's body is so different. You know what I mean? And I think that's what we really need to kind of embrace as a culture. Is yeah. That everybody's body is different. And the only thing that we can do is just really listen to our ourselves to get more in tune with us off which uh, it, that's another thing that i love about meditation is it forces you to take time and really sit with yourself and get to know your body and get to know your mind and to really look at what it is that you need to uh, be a healthy functioning individual you know and then that that makes accomplishing all of your goals and dreams that much easier <laughs> you know whenever yeah. you are getting the things that you really need I think I think it takes a lot of courage to be yeah. able to look at yourself and yeah. to accept yeah. yourself, flaws and all, and to, um, you know, to, to get to that place of self-acceptance, you know, because that means having to be okay with your imperfections or your differences or the things that make you unique. And, you know, that's, that's not any small feat. It's, it, it's really hard, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it is. But, that's just yeah. how life is, but well, especially people who are considered unique people, like they mm. always get down on because oh my god, yeah. you got a you got a piercing in your nose, ew! <laughs> oh my god, you got a tattoo! <laughs> oh my gosh, what's wrong with you? This is so strange to me because I, well, one, I'm living in L.A. now, where literally everybody has tattoos, face piercings. Yeah. Uh, different color hair and you know and i forget though that like there definitely are some people that still you know think that that makes you um unhirable and and i, I think that's very much changing I, I would like to think that our culture is becoming more embracing of the arts in yes. general uh because i i think especially with, with tattoo work, um, it used to be that, that that was only something that, like, it was something that only bad people did or there was that perception, yeah. you know? Yeah. And um, now, you know, there are really uh, respectable artists who are doing incredible things with their art. Oh, like, okay, perfect example. 
um, I don't know if you've seen videos flooding around of this, but there are, uh, you know, tattoo artists who specifically uh, tattoo breast cancer survivors. Really? And huh. yes. And they do um, cosmetic tattooing to, you know, cover any sort of uh, scars or anything that they have from any surgeries they had due to breast cancer. And um, it's just this phenomenally inspirational video about, you know, how this, this form of art has given power back to these women who have been through, you know, so much trauma of cancer and, you know, the, the horror that comes with dealing with that. And so, you know, I, I think people are just more and more open to these kinds of um, different forms of art, you know, and, and, yeah. and part of that is really because of the internet. You know, I, I saw that video on Facebook somewhere. And, you know, so we can share these ideas and kind of um, open people up a little bit more to, to, to show them that uh, there's so many different ways to express yourself. And yeah. just because something looks different than what you're used to or maybe makes you uncomfortable or is, is, is way outside of uh, your realm of, of comfort, you know, it, that doesn't make it bad or wrong, you know. And you know, I think who started that, that would have never happened about art if Steve Jobs never came in. Because Steve Jobs started the whole be creative and then have a machine to help you be creative. Whereas back then, you couldn't do that. Mm. Like, literally, we wouldn't even yeah. have these different type of typographies or different type of fonts if uh, hmm. Steve Jobs didn't yeah. exist. He's the one that started all that. That's real. Yeah. and yeah. He, he was an incredible, and it's what I admire the most about Steve Jobs. And that's a perfect example of that out-of-the-box thinking that you need yeah. to be able to be an innovator, to be able to create things that never existed. You know, I think a lot of people, uh, I, I don't know why we are so quick to shoot down ideas and to, to say, oh, you know, that's not, that's not possible. Why? Yeah. Because nobody else has done it? Well, be the first person to do it go do it you know why not yolo right yeah exactly <laughs> and that's the thing like people are afraid to take that step because like people let other people's opinion control them if you <laughs> believe you can do it then do it well and you know what i've learned too uh a lot of times those people that are you know the naysayers uh when you take a moment to look and see where their life choices have taken them if it's not somewhere that you want to be don't take advice from them that's true. Uh, you know, I just, I, I, it took me a little longer than I would have liked to, you know, learn, had learned this lesson, but if somebody, cause there was always somebody who, so there was always somebody older than me who was quick to say, oh, you know, the, the, the music industry is such a sham and it's such a gamble and, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll never make it only the lucky few make it. So, you know, don't even bother. You know, but like, what kind of life is that? Exactly. I, you know, and, and, and I think that, like I said, those people were not where I wanted to be. And so I decided not to pursue their, to, to not take their advice. Exactly. <laughs> and instead, you know, I, I looked to, you know, people like Alicia Keys and I looked to, uh, you know, all of these, well, I've, I have a lot of people who have really inspired me over the years, but, you know, I looked to the people who inspired me and I looked at their lives and, and how wonderful is it that I can just jump on Wikipedia mm -hmm. and actually look and see a documentation of what they did. You know, that's, that's incredible that uh, it, we have so many resources available mm -hmm. to us right here and right now. And uh, it just, 
we, we really can do whatever we set our minds exactly. to. Because we, we have so many resources now more than ever. And, um, yeah, I just think that, uh, you know, our, our, our thoughts and our speech and everything that we project out into the world is also what we're projecting into our future. Exactly. So what song out there that you feel can relate to you the most? So, you know, I think, oh gosh, there's seriously a plethora of songs <laughs> that inspire yeah. me. But the one that I can think of most recently uh, is a song by Halsey. I'm guessing you've, you're familiar with Halsey? No. <laughs> no? No. Oh, okay. Well, well, she's, um, she's, I guess, kind of an alternative pop oh, okay, cool, artist. Cool. Yeah, uh, she's got some Billboard hits right Ooh. now, but the one in particular that was um, really inspiring to me is her song, Control. Um, Halsey, well, first off, she does not fit the mold at all for uh, what it has traditionally been uh, successful with women in pop music mm-hmm. um she's she's very edgy she is um she's she's just so outside the box she kind of does her own thing which i love about her but this song in particular is called control and it's about her uh struggles with having bipolar disorder and the song uh, the lyrics of the song are, are, are so harsh and real and and a lot of it is she really shows you what it's like to be afraid of what's going on in your head and to feel like you're you're not in control of what's, you know, what's going on in your head. And I think that a lot of people with mental illness and who have suffered through mental illness can relate to that. And I I personally can relate to that, especially uh, with PTSD. Um, A lot of my experiences with uh, flashbacks and and, and other PTSD related symptoms. you get this feeling that, you know, you're scared of the thoughts in your head and that you, you question who's really in control. And it's this really, um, it's an odd feeling that I've never heard captured in music other than in this song. And um, it's, it's really cool. You should definitely check her out if you, if you haven't listened to any of her stuff. Um, I think you'd really like her stuff. It's pretty cool. It sounds pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's definitely different. Mine is uh, Bobby <gasps> Brown, um, My Prerogative, which is a song about even, people are talking about you and not letting you live, but I'm not going to care about you not liking me because this is my prerogative. I'm going to do what I want to do. And this song, Maybe I have yeah. heard this song. I need to go back and yeah. listen to it. I bet, I bet I might actually know it because uh, now that you're talking about yeah. it, that does seem awful familiar. Everybody's talking <sighs> all the stuff about me. Oh! They just let me live. <laughs> Tell me why. That song. Um, did Britney Spears do a cover yes, of that? Did. Yes, she point? did. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that I definitely know this. Song. Yeah, he's he made that song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. And that right. song. I just I honestly haven't heard that song in so. It's an old. It's, uh, it's an old song. That's what. It's right, an 80s right. song. Now it's his hit. But it's obviously got some longevity because I like I I don't think that Britney Spears is the only person to have covered that song either. I think there might have been a couple others, uh, uh, which well, is really like that that song has had some mileage. Well, yeah, um, Britney Spears was the only like celebrity. The other one was uh, Glee. They made that song. Not a lot of people. Oh my gosh. Not a lot of people can yeah. cover that song successfully. Actually, he released a new song called uh, "Like Bobby," 
Mm. It's actually a really good song after all these years. He's still got it. There's a couple like older artists who've been putting out new stuff. It's really interesting to see when like uh oh who just popped up recently. I think Paul McCartney just put out a new album or something. Wow. Yeah, right? And actually uh Michael Jackson and Quincy Jones. Oh I was just watching um the documentary on Quincy Jones and you know in collaboration with Michael Jackson and they did some amazing oh things. Oh my god. Quincy is oh, another one it was like done. Oh my gosh, like just phenomenal phenomenal things in music that I can only ever hope to ever even come close to. Right. <laughs> you know, it's really mind-blowing when you you think about how much these people have contributed to the history of music and the direction of, you know, where we are today. It's amazing to me the impact that one person can have. Exactly. You know? I've noticed that in through all the generations, the greatest singers are always female. The greatest singers are always mm. female, such as like Celine Dion, Mariah Carey, mm. Whitney Houston, Leona Lewis. Mm-hmm. Like the greatest singers are always females, but they never mm-hmm. talk about like the greatest male singers. Like, how do you feel about that? Well, I say more power to the one. <laughs> no, okay, I'm, I'm kind of just kidding. Although I am obviously a, a supporter of women's rights, being a woman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know what, though? I, I actually have a thought on this because I, I do think that there has been some really profound voices, uh, female voices over the years. And some of my <clears throat> biggest inspirations are from the you know, 60s soul era, like Aretha Franklin, oh, yeah. and Etta James, oh, yeah. and Roberta Flack, you know, all of them really set the, the, the groundwork for some of these other women who, um, you know, you like Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston, who came a little bit later then. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think, well, for one, you know, at that time, it wasn't, and especially for artists like Aretha Franklin and Etta James, um, they had to do so much to get to where they're at. Um, partially, you know, because of the fact that they were African-American women, but also because they are women. And, you know, so to to have women playing music and singing music was was like really (laughs) um, not something that women were allowed to do for a while. Exactly. (laughs) And so I think when women started um, really getting recognition and um, being highlighted, I I, I think that uh, some of these women had, one been through a lot a lot of hardship and i don't think you can fake that in vocals you know like uh, you just there's especially some of these old soul artists they they just have this way of portraying emotion regardless of gender i think that the most profound singers are are the ones who um have gone through a lot of hardship and and can convey that through their voice because even even somebody like um ray charles was also yeah right powerhouse you know soul singer and he you know he had a hard life growing up you know like being blind and 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 being taken advantage of for his disability exactly you know and um and and i really do believe that I, i i just really believe that hardship uh forces us to press into music into art in a way that if it's if if it's taught to you it's just not the same not that you can't be 
obviously that, that I, I think it's important to know music theory and all of that. I, I think it's crucial as a, as a music, as a musician, but emotional and emotive uh, perspective that, you know, there, there is this element of music that, yeah. I, I really do think that everybody has been through, you know, difficult experiences. Yeah. Life is so, so subjective to, to each individual's own experience. You know, every person has gone through so many, so many things. You know, just think about how many things that you've been through and, and, and know that every person that you meet has been through as many things, not the same things, but, you know, just as many. And so I think where these artists become effective in what they do is when they're able to make that connection between what it is that they're they're singing what it is that they're playing uh with what it is that they're feeling when when they're able to truly use the art as that vehicle to do that as opposed to just singing the words that are that that are in front of them or do you do you know what i mean like it, yeah. it takes that ability to connect the emotion mm-hmm. with the 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 actual performance yeah it's not easy not everybody uh, can do that intuitively. Exactly. And that also, that, I think that's what's dying in today's style of mm. music. You don't have that emotion that much anymore. That emotional mm. connection with, uh, uh, especially in pop, like pop and whatnot, or R&B, like it's all about like making that, that hit song that's really catchy, but. It's, you know, it's really, um, <laughs> this is a really interesting uh, topic for me personally because uh, as I'm sure you're aware a couple of years ago I really branched into the pop scene more than I had uh, previously and so I'm, I'm very much wrapped up in that world right now uh, in writing pop music and studying pop music and it's it's so interesting to me because there's this very methodical part of pop music and with I think where we are with audio uh, you know as I've gotten more into the production part of music um, I'm constantly aware of how tedious uh, audio is and capturing audio and, and and especially with pop music you know everything is is perfectly timed every you know it's not like back in the day when basically a, a recording was a, 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 we were capturing a live performance yeah you know that, that that was you know when audio is very first was was in in its beginnings mm-hmm. but now we have made so many so many strides that that in technology and with recording music that we now have the ability to almost paint with audio Exactly. And what I mean by that is that we're able to manipulate audio in such creative ways. It's it's mind blowing. You know, so so the whole process of capturing music now is an art form in and of itself. So that being said, like it it, it does sometimes err on the side of being methodical and repetitive because uh, it's it's. We, we're using computers and it's very analytical and it's, it's very strategic. But that being said, uh, because I, I do have an appreciation for, uh, I'm not sure, the, I, I'm kind of a perfectionist. That's not a bad thing, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm, maybe I'm a little bit OCD that's or not what, a bad but thing. I, I, you know, I like, I like when things are, are just right. Right, yeah, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, 
Well, I don't think so. Uh, especially because I think that that, if you can, you know, if you can kind of embrace that as well as embracing the, you know, sort of the, the more expressive parts of music, if we can couple that with this, this amazing incredible the amazing incredible things we can do with technology right now I think that we will have something truly incredible and that's kind of my goal with where I'm at in my career right now you know I want to write music that um that is catchy because I think that good music should be stuck in your head well yeah <laughs> you know and, yeah I understand what you're saying but at that. the same time I want you know if it's going to be catchy and if it's going to 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 uh be perfectly timed and everything it should have something of substance in there exactly and i think yeah. that's exactly what you're saying a lot of that music is missing yeah uh, or, or, well, or a lot we'll of be relatable yeah that's what i'm talking yeah. about like, there's not that many relatable like for example eminem for example like i remember his old songs all of his mm-hmm. songs like they had stories and then he's releasing these he mm-hmm. released his album last year uh revival and then this year kamikaze which they were good songs mm-hmm. they were they were good albums mm-hmm. but it's just that they don't really tell that much stories anymore you know yeah like uh yeah. walking on water that was good that song he did with ed sheeran oh yeah that was good. those were good mm, see yeah, those are story right. songs like they that you can relate mm. with them you know but that's a great point that you, you know but and, like nobody um, wants to tell a story anymore. It's all about what's the next yes. uh what's the next yeah. hit that's going to make people want to dance now don't get me wrong don't get me wrong. Those songs are awesome. Uh, you got everyone's got to dance every once in a while. Yeah, you know. Absolutely. But I'm talking about songs that people can really relate to. Like if they're going through a struggle, or they need to hear that one voice that says you're not alone. You don't hear that that much anymore. That's yeah. like taking. That's like slowly dying. You know. Well, you know what? I I mean, I think that we are in this huge shift in the industry, mm-hmm. and so like with what you're hearing on current pop radio. I think that, yes, you, you may be correct in saying that. But with this huge uh, move into streaming, I think that there are a plethora of opportunities for real music like that to be discovered and to be enjoyed by, by people all over the world. That's and true. Streaming has allowed us to, yeah, it, it, streaming has allowed us to, to make connections with people all over the world almost instantaneously. And, and in fact, Spotify has been making some yeah. really mind-blowing moves yeah. that are incredibly advantageous to the artist yeah. um, and are also really shifting the, the very fabric of the music industry, which is, it's going to be interesting to see where things go, but, you know, it is, uh, this is what I know. It is, significantly easier now more than ever to get your music recorded and get it online distributed to uh streaming services like spotify like apple music mm-hmm. and uh <clears throat> you know what are some of the other ones uh google play amazon title whatever other platforms people are using um so you know that in combination with um the fact that more and more people are streaming music more and more people are um just being exposed to all different kinds of new music, it, it, it opens the door for um, more and more artists to create music and for more people to listen to music that they never otherwise would have ever been exposed to. You know, you think about back in the day when you'd have to go to a physical store and buy a physical record that you had like spent 
I don't know how, how long anticipating the, the release of, um, and you're exposed to whatever is on that album and that's it. And now, oh my gosh, I get on my phone and I can listen to somebody's music from India. I, I, I can listen to somebody's music from, from Africa, from like literally all over the world yeah. from, you know, right from my phone. That's, that's mind blowing, mind blowing to me. And now uh, the genre lines are blurring because, because of the exposure to all of this kind of music. And it's, it's, it's truly this mind blowing melting pot of all different kinds of music. And it, it, I could really go on and on, <laughs> but it is just, it's so cool because I, I, who knows where we're going to be in the next five, 10 years with music, you know? Have you ever thought of like mixing other types of music in your pop genre? Oh, yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, and that, that, that is part of my goal. You know, I, I mentioned about, you know, being able to mix pop elements with those uh, lyrics that are very um, true and are relatable. But with that too, I think that it's important to, bring some of my roots into pop music i love jazz i love blues i love soul mm. um and yeah. I, I so one of another one of my uh, icons if you will is amy winehouse oh. um, uh, yes amy freaking winehouse and you know i think that she did this really well she brought in elements of jazz and hip-hop um and r&b mm. into the pop scene and what was most profound about her is that, you know, she she did that very successfully and in, in a very short amount of time, considering uh, considerably. And she paved the way for artists like Adele, yeah. who, you know, has this massive solo career with soul music. And, and, and then uh, Bruno Mars came after yes. her and Ed Sheeran came after her. You know, all of these artists that... Um, I, I don't know that they would have had the same success had Amy not opened the door for those older genres to have a place in popular music. So, uh, you know, with, with her, that being said, her being my idol and whatnot, I, I would love to be able to do the same thing, to be able to bring some of my roots in jazz and blues music. Um, and, you know, like, the, the music that I grew up around in Pittsburgh, you know, going, going to the keynote cafe at, at 14 years old and, and playing Eric Clapton with, with the guys at the bars and, uh, you know, like uh, classic rock and blues and all of these kinds of things. And um, I think that you have to, if you are to be a true lover of music, I think that you have to, have an appreciation for all genres. Exactly, exactly. And that's I've told that to everyone all the time. They want to be picky. Like, mm. I used to be a, a country, but then I started, yeah. to open, I started to open I up to you. it. I started to open up to it. Like, uh, for example, like Kane Brown, uh, Rascal Flatts. Oh, yeah. Rascal Flatts yeah, yeah, or yeah. Lady Annabellum or uh, the awesome oh, you know uh, Willow Hill. They're freaking amazing. Oh, yes. Oh, Willow Hill. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, on their UK tour. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I, I feel the same way. Because uh, <laughs> country was has never been my particularly favorite genre. Mm -hmm. But man, nobody writes writes songs like country music. Exactly. They, they actually keep the, the whole yeah. story mm -hmm. thing. Like they actually... Oh, yeah. I mean, it can't be... It can be, it can be uh, depressing at times, but that's because it's reality, you know? Yeah, it's and, um, real, and that's what music's all exactly. about. Exactly. So you recently released, uh, one of your earliest song, uh, albums was Eva Eris, I believe it was called. 
Yeah, my self-titled. <laughs> what what song on that album really hits you the most that you like the most? Ugh, that's so hard to pick just one. <laughs> well, uh, yes, it, I mean, it is hard to pick just one, but I also am, like I said, I'm kind of a perfectionist too, so I also have my flaws with, or my, my problems with each and every one of them. <laughs> but I, I would say probably a tie between Other Side and On Edge. Mm-hmm. I, I think I like Other Side because of the impact that it's had with my fans and um just in general, that song I think has mm-hmm. touched a lot more people than I could have ever imagined. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Um, but per- on a personal level, I think that "On Edge" mm-hmm. is really um, just really gets me because it was the first time that I was able to put to words how, how I really felt in the midst of a panic attack. <laughs> that song was just—I I was literally just in the middle of a panic attack one day and I'm just like wow. not like I just didn't know what to do and so I just decided to Sorry to, hear that. to sit at the piano and well I mean it, it's I've gotten a lot better at managing that's it that's good that's really good uh, that's really good <laughs> and and well and, and one of the ways that I manage it that is exactly this you know this process of 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 not running away from those feelings of sitting at the keyboard and finding a way to to express what it is that I'm feeling because I find that when I'm able to, to either, you know, put to words or to, to somehow communicate what it is that I'm feeling all of a sudden, it doesn't have as much power over me. That's beautiful. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's a really freeing feeling yeah. of that process of songwriting for me and, and what I really hope that other people can experience because that's, that's really what music in, in its very fundamental existence is all about. You know, it, it is truly humanity expressing itself. And, and I, I firmly believe that it should continue being that. Um, and, and so, yeah, the, I think what I like most about that song, though, is that, it, that at the end, it kind of ends on this bridge of sorts and the lyrics... Um, the, the, the lyrics are nothing can take these chains off me nothing will set this prisoner free nothing but me which sounds kind of depressing <laughs> and I have this tendency to write things that sound really depressing on uh, at, at face value yeah. but that line in particular was really freeing for me to, 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 to just say that nothing can nothing can pull me out of this except for myself yeah um, you know, it almost gave me that power back that I felt that my anxiety had taken from me, you know, and and every time I hear it, I am just, I'm just reminded of that strength that I have to say, I'm the only one who can take control of my life and who, who can, who can make my life what I want it to be. I'm the only person that can do that, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's really been freeing for me well it's not really a lot of people say that like it's not i wouldn't really say that it's really depressing it's something that nf said like it's more like your own therapy session you know <laughs> yeah. it helps you lay it all out uh, like i remember that I, yes. I do i do appreciate you saying that one song because i remember when i was going through a breakup i remember uh, i was listening to one of your, your album at, at that time and like oh um i was walking on the track like walking on a train track like tracks that we used to walk on and I heard that mm-hmm. song and I was like, "Wow!" Like that made me want to kind of cry. <gasps> oh my god! It really, um, really, yeah, because like, uh, 
what a lot of people need to feel these days. It made me feel like I wasn't alone, you know? And that type uh, of stuff. Uh, thank you so much. No, no problem. Like, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, stuff like that needs to be made in the music, which a lot of that is underground. Yes. A lot of that is I underground, agree. you know? It's not really mainstream anymore. It's all mm-hmm. underground. And that's why. I, oh, and like, I want to change that. Yeah, that's why I, I want to change that because people need to know that they're not alone. That's exactly what I'm talking about when I when I mentioned earlier about you know music being fundamentally this expression of humanity. And and what's really cool about that is that that's not just something for us on a personal level. Like, yes, this was awesome that I got to write this song that for me was freeing. But you know, think about this moment that we're sharing together. That you know, both of us have listened to this song. And have been able to feel the same feeling together, um, yeah. even miles apart on, you know, we, we are on opposite coast right now, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but it, it's, it's, it's mind blowing to me, the power of, of just knowing you're not alone. Yeah. I think some of my hardest times in life were not even necessarily the, 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 the physical hardship that I was dealing with, but um, you know, even more so the the loneliness that you feel when you're going through something difficult. I think everybody can feel like that. And, and the more that we can share those moments and not be afraid to share those moments, the more that I think that humanity will be better off for one. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I, I just think it's a beautiful thing when we can share that through something as cool as music, you know, it's profound. It is. And now it's cut it time from a word from our sponsors. But now that we've gone through all the music, now it's time for, which I thank you for saying that though. That really was inspirational. But now that we're talking, (laughs) but now that we're, uh, (laughs) now it's time for the fun, the awesome, the outside of the box (laughs) questions. Yes. All right. (laughs) Yeah. So, First question, what single question would you send to an advanced alien species? What question would you like to ask them if you were to connect with uh, E.T. on the phone or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> if I had E.T. on the phone. <laughs> I, you know, I want to ask the aliens if they know the meaning of life. Because isn't that what we're all trying to figure That's out? That's a really good question. You right? Know. Do they know? I don't, maybe, I hope that they're smarter than us because... <laughs> I'm just saying, we're, we've not, humanity's had our, our mishaps. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe they can help us. <laughs> you know, it'll be interesting to find out. It wouldn't surprise me if we weren't the only life forms, like, like life people with, that can actually think, like, in this universe. Because this universe is, we're, like, only one universe. There's so many different universes. I highly doubt we're the only ones that are living. We yeah, just haven't made I feel it that like, far. You know, we can't go back I feel see. like there's there's a possibility that there's a more advanced species out there that wants nothing to do with us because we burn everything and kill everything. <laughs> They're like, yeah, I'm just, we're like that, that kid at the playground that's going around and stomping on everybody's like sand castles and, you know, and the aliens are just like, I'm not, they're, I'm just gonna, they're doing their thing and I'm just not gonna mess with that. <laughs> Actually, actually, a good point. You know, what if it was? What if there was deep? What if alternate realities existed? Like, there's an alternate reality of this universe. I wonder what that universe would be like. 
Like that's some like Rick and Morty <laughs> stuff. There is what that is. <laughs> oh jeez, Mary. Oh jeez, Rick. We have to go over there. Oh, I don't think we should go over there, Rick. Stop being a bitch, Morty. <clears throat> we have to go. <laughs> we have to find out where. <laughs> you have worked on this. This that was really that was really good. Yeah. Wait until I drink Coke. I'm totally better because I could do the burps perfectly. Like right now, my voice is oh, like that. Man. Rick, that Rick voice impression, by the way, is very very aggressive on the throat. I will. People are listening. And, well. That is really aggressive on the throat. That is not easy to do. So if I mess it's up, it's probably because the dude's drunk all the time. So <laughs> I mean, it's true. Real talk. It is. It's true. <laughs> he believes in that character. He believes in that character. You know. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Oh, it's just great. Have you seen the first episode of Rick and Morty? Have you seen the very, very first episode, like how it started? Yes. Oh my god. I've watched it a couple times. I don't think people. I, I don't think we should <laughs> talk about that, but. <laughs> It's just yeah, it may, may not may not be suitable for all, <laughs> all audiences. <laughs> but it's just amazing because, like, out of nowhere, uh, something like that was – he pitched that exact video, something that ridiculous to uh, – really? Yeah, he, yeah, he pitched that. that exact video to the company that's, like, running that in the air. And they're like, and they were like, yes, yeah, let's do it. And then they made take it. Take our money. They're like, yeah, it's like – and they changed it, like – you know, actually, Rick and Morty was actually inspired by uh, Back to the Future, actually. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, like the doctor being Rick and that. then um, yeah. Morty being uh, Marty, I think his name Marty. is. Marty, yeah. Yeah. That's, it, yeah. It actually was inspired by that. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it was called uh, Doc and Morty. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's how it got inspired. What? Yeah. <gasps> wow. That's what it was inspired by. That's, that's why, funny. if you really look at it, they actually are pretty <laughs> similar. But like... Yeah, no, they totally yeah. are, but I just hadn't really... I ne- I hadn't heard that. That's crazy. Yeah, fun fact. <gasps> uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, second question. Um, <laughs> what fad right now do you wish would be gone forever? Fanny packs. <laughs> why, why did fanny packs come back? Send those back to the nineties where they belong. Mm, no, no. Fanny packs were never cute. I get that maybe they're practical, but like, they're just they're lo- no. That's I just vote now. I didn't even know that. <laughs> I literally did not even know that. Oh my god, those little those little the, packs you, you put them like you carry around your waist and whatnot. Oh, oh yeah. my god, oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Oh yeah, my those, god, I thought all the only old people back, had that thing. Mm, oh my god, no, no, I see young people with them. Oh my god, like, what are you doing? That makes you think of like what that makes you me think of like pencil boxes, mm. like back when those were a thing. <laughs> that's, a, that's the first thing I think of. Oh my god, you have a pen pencil box around your waist. Aren't you cool? That's kind of what it is. Yeah. <laughs> For me, um, the floss, the floss, oh. <laughs> and um, whatever this arm shaking, leg kicking thing is. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't know what that is. It's like dance. It's like a new dance. It's like dancing has become I... more simplistic anymore. <laughs> that, see, that doesn't bother me as much <clears throat> though, because I, I kind of, I kind of like that. Uh, I, I don't mind viral dance stuff. I think that's kind of cool um, <laughs> that we, I don't, I mean, I, I think it's cool that that kind of thing just catches on and it's something that people just do, <laughs> even if it's kind of silly and dumb. You know, you it know? makes you think of like um, that one thing, that one song that's always played uh, in dances, uh, How Low Can You Go, whatever that song is called. Um, uh, 
so, one stomp, one stomp now, three stomps now. Oh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah that yeah. song. Um, I forget what it's uh, called. What is it called? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like one of those line dances. Yeah, yeah. And you know that you do at the weddings and whatnot. That's what it makes me think of. Like everyone that that it's like it's like a yeah. simplistic dance that we all can dance. We can all can do. You know, do together. Yes. You yeah, know, and that's pretty. That's cool, a good way to that's a good way to do it. But it's just that I just think I don't know. It just gets to my nerves sometimes when some. I, okay. Okay, here, how about this? Like, I don't mind it, but when you just randomly do it out of nowhere, I think you're ridiculous. Well, and you know, I think it's one of those things that uh, it's, it's kind of like that, that song that is so great that they just overplayed on the radio and now you can't stand to hear it. Yeah. You know, like too much of a good thing is like still too much, you know? So like, I, I, I can, I can feel you on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, this is cool. Let's get over it. Let's like. Yeah. Next yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just ridiculous. She's like, like I remember, like uh, eating Tide Pods was a thing, which I don't oh know how that even went viral. Oh my gosh. I don't know how that even went viral. Or like um, this <sighs> one thing. Um, I don't know if you saw this one it's, challenge. Yeah. Um, scorching. I feel. I, I don't know how I'm pronouncing it right. What? It's basically like when you eat. It's the most smelliest fish in the world. And what she had to do, the challenge is you have to open it and eat it. People threw up just opening it because the smell was so bad. They couldn't even open it. But some people, like, why? They, yeah, you why open it. Why do we have this weird obsession with doing gross things? <laughs> because that makes me think of, like, you know, the, the, the show. Um... Fear Factor. Oh, yes. Oh, is it Fear Factor? Yeah, where they make them do all that, like, you know, eating worms. Yeah, Fear Factor. Like, why? We, ugh, why? Why? Oh gosh, we are just so weird. I think it's I think weird. it's also because like people want their own way, own way of having a thrill, you know. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying. I think we're all secretly adrenaline junkies, yeah. and we all like get our fix a different way. Yeah, know? I just don't think <laughs> eating a the most silliest fish is the way to go, or eating a tripod, yeah, that's, that's not or eating a tripod and getting brain damage, you know. Oh my gosh, no, thank you. That's not good for anybody. Let's like let's all agree that like. <laughs> eating Tide Pods is not okay. Let's not do, let's collectively not do that as a species. <laughs> okay, like, no. <laughs> uh, okay, um, question number three. Um, what's your favorite voice impression to do? I mean, we all have that one voice impression we all can do. So. I, I mean, I'm actually really terrible at impersonating people, but I just never get sick of like, <clears throat> Making fun of Christina Aguilera and her hand and her hand oh my gosh, yeah, yeah, that is probably my favorite because it's just so I mean what I don't it's just she's got her own thing, I don't know, <laughs> you, know? you know actually speaking of that, like I've noticed that actually she stopped doing that, you know it's it's calmed down, right? and I think that's probably why. <laughs> Because it's not a thing anymore. Because she got sick of people making fun of her. Because, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I've heard her older albums. Uh, like, uh, mm. uh, what's that one album? I'm genie in a bottle, like, baby. It's, it sounds cool, you know, back then. But when you hear it now, it's... When you hear, <laughs> when you hear other people do it in today's music, it sounds totally off. Back then, it was well, cool, you know. I think I think I think, I think she was the first vocalist to to do that type of really style. make the vocal runs. Yeah. yeah, that and well, I shouldn't say that. I mean, 
I, Mariah Carey did some cool vocal runs, but but uh, it was always um, very. How about a run um, that lasts for five minutes? Oh, that. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Is that like Christina like way overdid it yeah. more than anybody else? Yeah. Which, on the one hand, kind of branded her. It did. Which yeah. is a terrible thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that she's got a very recognizable voice. Um, but that being said, I, I kind of just think that over the years she's gained more um, maturity as an artist and has maybe realized that just because you can do all of these vocal runs doesn't mean that you should. Yeah. You know, um, and, and I think it, it actually requires uh, even more control and <clears throat> understanding of music to be able to utilize those kinds of vocal techniques yeah. in an effective way. And I think that she has just matured into that phase of her life. Cause I, I definitely noticed like on her last album, she, uh, the last one that she released, I can't remember what it's called, but, um, you know, she, she has done away with a lot of those kind of over the top runs and whatnot. And so, um, but I think what's even worse for your vocals which a lot of pop singers do is singing from their throat which is far worse than that so so like demi lovato is guilty of this Mm -hmm. over and over again um and she's like had surgeries on her vocal cords because of it um you know she's just pushing way too much with her throat and, and and correct and proper vocal technique does not rely or put pressure on the throat and in fact you need to actually create space in your throat for the sound to reverberate and uh you know so that ugh, don't even get me started on that uh, vocal health is so important and believe me i know doing all these different voice impressions mm-hmm. like it mm-hmm. ruined yeah. my throat like i had to drink like tea mm-hmm. every free oh, it, it doesn't really ruin it but um in the beginning like i didn't know all this so now i know like yeah. i have to drink a lot of water and tea like um <clears throat> oh my gosh yeah. like uh friends is like uh i'm a uh, uh, you know i was a license type of thing <laughs> well no one gives a shit about you Willow. Well, i want to like you you know stuff like that like oh it took gosh. me a lot of practice to get that on point yeah. because like uh back yeah. then like i could only do that for like a couple of seconds because i was doing it like too aggressive on my throat and yes. I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. do it. Or like, um, uh, the new one I learned, um, Venom, um, my name is Venom. Why would she <laughs> awesome. jump out the window? I don't want to do that. Pussy. Yeah. You know. Oh, that sounds awful on your throat though. It, you know, it does, but really, I've learned yeah. how to control it. It doesn't really bother me right. that much anymore. You know, it took a lot of practice of, it's also learning how your voice works. You know, every, every voice is different. Oh my gosh. You know? Yeah. It takes a lot, a lot yeah. of practice. Rick and Morty, Rick. Rick's voice, his his voice still kills me. Okay, we're going on to next question. Um, okay, uh, next question. Um, who, if you were to have a movie, uh, who would you like? Who would you think would play as you in your movie? Um, this is difficult for me to answer because <laughs> ideally, I would like a white Mexican to play me. <laughs> But those are really hard to come by. Jennifer Lopez. Um, there we go. Actually, okay, that's really funny you say that because I, um, I was honestly thinking, um, growing up, I was so inspired by Jennifer Lopez's uh, portrayal of Selena. Yes. You know, and, oh my gosh, yeah, and like I, my my mom would always call me her little Selena because because <laughs> you know I always like to sing and 
well, and I'm also the only one that got any remotely any Mexican features. Both of my siblings are blonde hair and blue eyes, and so like, <laughs> even though I am, I'm very, very clearly white. Um, you know, she always called me her Mexican baby. And, uh, <laughs> I was always so inspired by Selena and and, and just you know Jennifer Lopez's portrayal and, and like it was just it was it was really cool for me to see her play that role and to see her with a traditional Mexican family um, and to see like specifically her, the scenes with her and, you know, you'll be playing Selena and her father because, you know, my dad's Mexican. Yeah. I like, he literally is the only Mexican person that I really saw growing up. And, and it was like amazing to me to see people from that, that heritage on screen um, and, and to see such talented people from that heritage too, you know, so that was, I, I think it would be cool if, JLo could play me someday but that's just you know like a fantasy in my mind so. that would be so cool I find it kind of scary though when some people can have an actor that looks exactly like the exact no person like yeah, um Jimmy Fox looking like Ray Charles that was scary um, oh my gosh Ashton yeah. Kutcher looking like Steve oh. Jobs um mm-hmm. let's see but uh let's see who else is out there uh the, the Jackson 5 when they did a movie about them that was really yeah. scary. Um, oh, and Tom Hanks, who's going to be Mr. Oh, Rogers. Oh, Mr. Rogers. Soon. Yeah. Oh, my ah, God. Did you see the picture? Yeah. Did it's so freaking crazy. Oh, oh, my gosh. I know. I know. I'm so excited. Oh, yeah. I really want to see that. Uh, I really want to see I, that. I just know it's going to be good. Yeah. I know it's going to be good. It's crazy because over, be over here is where, uh, you know, he was at. He, he was born. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's yeah. crazy now. They're, they're, my hometown, uh, actually. Yeah. So, like, I find that interesting now they're going to have a movie about basically Lake Trobe. Yeah. So, Ugh. huh. It warms my heart so much. <laughs> so, speaking of that, next question is, what fictional character do you wish you could meet? I'm <clears throat> low-key obsessed with Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. <laughs> oh, Jessica Jones! Yes! Oh, yes. I love that she's like, Oh, my gosh. Well, first off, she's just a total female badass. She is. <laughs> but she... I, you know what's really cool, though, is I feel like uh, her whole character and everything really highlights what it's like to live with PTSD. And yeah. so, you know, like, not only am I, like... I, I just think that she's just a really... Like, she's got super human strength and she's this cool detective and she wears leather and Mm -hmm. you know she's just kind of cool but uh you know i i I love that she's kind of this kind of this flawed superhero you know and they don't ever really shy away from showing the darker sides of her personality like an anti-hero i don't know yeah right yeah i would love i would love to meet her and be like you are interesting that would be so cool (laughs) <laughs> right? I find that very funny though uh, actually uh, when I started watching that TV show I found out that I went to college with a person named Jessica Jones really? yeah uh, she was in like That's one funny. of my uh, classes at college and I was like Jessica, jo- Jessica Jones <laughs> and I was like are you Jessica Jones like like the TV show and she's like like the Jessica Jones and she's like yes I'm freaking Jessica Jones but not her That's amazing. she was like I, I guess she's heard that for so many times because I recently found out she existed uh, Jessica Jones existed at the time so when I saw that I was like no way yeah. and I, I was like wish I mean I'm not terribly surprised I bet there's a bunch of Jessica Jones because I mean Jones is a pretty common name, last common name. Last name yeah. yeah and Jessica is definitely definitely a common yeah name. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious but yeah that was, that's cool though for me uh it would yeah. be uh Goku from Dragon Ball Z or Vegeta. Oh, shut up! Really? 
Yeah. I love Dragon Ball Z. I love I can't wait th- I can't oh, wait for the Dragon Ball yeah. Super movie. I'm waiting for that next uh in January. Yeah, I'm hyped up. Oh I've seen every episode. Uh I remember Dragon Ball Z being super popular when I was in like fifth and sixth grade. Yeah. And like all my guy friends were super into it. Uh, I'm still into it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh I can't wait to like see the I-, I watched the whole Dragon Ball Super series in Japanese before it came out oh in English. My God. Yeah, really? I'm so hyped up. Yeah, I'm so hyped up. That's awesome. Yeah, I, like if I could, if I could even even meet the actor, honestly, if I could meet the actor, I'd be like, I love you. Okay, <laughs> I love you. You know, but you have to be. But let's oh, just all man. be real. Like to be honest, Dragon Ball Z was the one thing that got them into anime. Honestly. Oh, okay. But what what about Sailor Moon? Okay. So I think that was before. Okay, that, right? yeah, it was. It was. And, there, and I then I Cowboy like... Bebop, but maybe that was the first one for you. Yeah, Sailor Moon, I did like. <laughs> I did. I did. I did like Sailor Moon, but it didn't really grab me like Dragon Ball Z. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know what it was. I did. I don't get. I I do love Sailor Moon. I do love Sailor Moon, but maybe <laughs> I I just wasn't into it. I just love Dragon, Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z was really. Uh, <clears throat> it really, really did take off. Yeah, it was I... really freaking intense. So then others. Oh my god! And then there's Naruto, that's still going. Now they're making. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, now they're doing. I never that. really got into Yeah, there's Naruto, Naruto Shippuden, and then there's Baruto, which is uh, son of Naruto. So now there's Baruto, the next generation. Okay, now we're getting to anime. Next question. Um, that's actually all. That's actually all the <laughs> outside the oh, box oh, questions. Are we at the end? Oh, that's all the <laughs> outside the box questions that I got. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay, okay. We got the outside the box. Yeah. Any updates you like to give out there? Like, what are you doing now? Like, what are so, is there any new music we should be prepared for, or music videos yes. or tours? Like, what are some updates? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what I've got going on right now is I am primarily focusing on my coaching services. So, I have been providing songwriting coaching and performance coaching and uh, studio coaching, as well as overall music career coaching, mm-hmm. because there, you know, <clears throat> it's, it occurred to me that there are a lot of artists that really struggle to navigate, particularly the business end of, of music, but, uh, you know, also what it takes to be successful with each one of these, these elements in music. So I'm primarily focusing on that right now. Um, so shameless plug, if anybody is interested, go to my website, avaeris.com, E-V-A-E-R-I-S.com. Check it out. Um, so I'm doing that, but I'm also, uh, I have a plethora of unrecorded music right now. I'm not going to lie. I have like way more songs than I really know what to do with. Uh, nice. Well, so this is the thing though. I'm still in the process of recording all of this stuff. And, and I think that's um, kind of been where I'm at right now yeah, uh you yeah. know I, I've been writing music for years and I just got into production a couple of years ago and uh you know I went to the production academy last year and so I'm still really refining those those skills you know so it's, it's been a process of, of honing those in but that being said I am planning on releasing a single before the end of the year so Ooh. yeah look for that I'll be releasing that and then uh I I'm primarily trying to build my catalog. I'm also, you know, I'm, I'm writing music for all kinds of things right now, honestly. Uh, the, the main reason I moved out to California is to write music for film and TV. So I'm also trying to branch into that. You know, I, I, I guess I'm, I'm trying to 
branch out as much as I can. You know, I stayed in the, the live performance scene for a very long time. And so I'm trying to capitalize on all of these different opportunities. Um, I'm also planning on going on tour next year. I have no idea what that's going to look like right now, other than to say that I, I definitely have to come back home and, you know, perform for all of my family and friends who have been there for me forever. So I will definitely be back uh, in the spring. Nice. So, yeah. So new single coming. Um, spring tour. Uh, all, that's pretty much all I can tell you right now. Everything else is still in in the works. But that's that's pretty much it right now. But where can we get your uh, other songs that are out right now? Oh, yes. So my whole EP is on Spotify and Apple Music and Google Play and CD Baby and Tidal. And it's pretty much any online outlet that you can imagine. Um, And if you want just a quick and easy way to access that stuff, just go to the website, avaeris.com. It's got links to all of that. It's got links to my social media. My social media is all avaerisofficial. So, you know, Instagram me, tweet me, follow me, be friends with me. (laughs) <laughs> nice but one more question we're at, we're at the end right now but one more question before we uh we uh, sign off mm-hmm. how would you define alternative lifestyle not just for singers but living a different type of life that not a lot of people would look at as the norm and what advice would you give to people who want to live a different type of life instead of the whole life that everyone else says you have to live that is such a good question I think that to live an alternative life means to reject the status quo and to pursue what is important to you and to just live life outside the the constraints of modern society. And I think that anybody can do this, especially now, my gosh, now more than ever, people can use the internet and social media Uh, to create businesses that never would have been able to exist before you know Mm -hmm. Um, I think that I guess I guess my main advice to anybody that wants to live in an alternative lifestyle is to know that this is the only life to live and if you don't spend it living the way that you want to in whatever way that you want you will never feel as fulfilled as you could. So I would suggest to just listen to the voice within, to not be quick to accept reality as it is, but to speak into reality and to dream and to to constantly, every day, decide to live the life that you want to live. And that takes work and that takes effort and that takes climbing mountains that you may look at and think oh my gosh i'm never going to be able to do this and then you do it and and you you surprise yourself and that's that's really the way to do it in my opinion is to to you know see the mountain climb it do it go do the thing go do the thing (laughs) it's like that one quote that uh steve jaw says um i just love steve Jobs. i'm sorry no, but that one fine. quote that he says is, um, it's, the cra- it's the people who are crazy enough to think that can change the world is mm. the one who do, you know? Yes. And it's yes. so true. 
It you know? is. It is so true. There's not a single person that is a, who has accomplished something great who didn't believe in that greatness before it, it existed. It just doesn't right. work that way, you know? And sometimes those those people do it against, or I should say usually, those people do it against some of the greatest odds, yeah. you know? And that, that, that always inspires me and motivates me at the end of the day when I, when I think of some of these people who, who have been through, you know, things that we, we can't even imagine. And, and all because they, they believed that small voice within, they believed that hope, they believed that inner self that I think all of us have if we would just stop and listen and keep right. listening. Yeah. Well, those are inspiring words from Eva Aris. Oh, thank you. Right, yes. Well, yeah, thank you so much for being on this episode. This was really fun. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I <laughs> yeah, agree. Yeah. This, was, this was fantastic. <laughs> and you are wonderful, Fernando. So thank you for doing what you do. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. I appreciate that. You're well, welcome. this is Fernando signing off. And All see right. you later, Eva. I see great things happening. Can't wait to see more and mm-hmm. hear this new single coming out. I'm so hyped up, and y'all should be hyped up, too. Get ready, because it is going down. Well, yeah, this is Fernando signing off, and I'll see you later.